Hello and welcome to the Ben Like Bamboo Resilience Show. To bend like bamboo is to master change with flexibility. And on the show, I get to interview very special guests all about resilience and how to master it in our minds, in our bodies and in our lives. And today I have a very special guest introducing the beautiful Terry Vinson. Hi, Terry. Oh, thank you, Amanda. Hello, how are you? I'm really well. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for your time. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to, to have a chat and, and talk about such a wonderful topic of resilience. Thank you. Please let me introduce you properly. So Terry is uh, an Australian skin scientist, cosmetic chemist, entrepreneur, keynote speaker and author. Terry is dedicated to helping people feel empowered, informed and confident when it comes to their skincare choices through multi-level education and by creating her cosmeceutical skincare range, Synergy Skin. As the founder and formulator of her Australian-based global skincare company, she formulates her own line of active cosmeceuticals and intelligent mineral makeup, all in accordance to her trademarked clean science philosophy, which we have to dive into. This is going to be so juicy. Having built the vertically integrated business from the ground up, she has worked tirelessly to create safe and ethical products aimed to protect, change and nurture the skin for long-term results, optimal dermal health and to unleash confidence from within. Amazing. I love your skincare range, Terry. Oh, thank you, Amanda. Well, I've uh, been doing it for a while and I must say it gives me a reason to get up every morning. I absolutely love what I do. Yeah, you do. It's your baby. I've, I've, I've had the pleasure of yeah, visiting your team and your office in your beautiful big warehouse where you create everything from scratch. It's the real deal. Yeah. Oh, that's it is. Awesome. It is. And um, my team are just incredible. And uh, yeah. I honestly, they make me look good, even with to doing podcasts and helping me getting these little ring lights and things like that. So it's all, you know, like I'm just, I'm very blessed. I have the most wonderful team around me. You do, you do. And I was very lucky to do um, one of my workshops with your team. And it just felt like a family when, when I was around you all. You yeah. are all very connected, aren't you? Yeah, and, and we're pretty raw and honest. I think that the, that's a secret. Families have the great times. Families have the, the hard times. And I think when, when you really get down into it, you realise that we are a family and, and we behave like one and it's it's full of elation, but there's also some tricky times. I'm sure we've all gone through that in the last few months with, with what's going on in the world. So, yeah, we we'll get through it. Absolutely. And you know what's been really inspiring is that yeah. how you pivoted and how you, because um, you create your own products, you created hand sanitizer, didn't you? Yeah, so in at the start of the uh, pandemic, I actually um, supply, one of my major suppliers is in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And as we know, Hong Kong was hit with the pandemic initially. And I was making sanitizers mm -hmm. small scale for our lab to, to keep things sanitised on the benches. And um, my, my customers said, could you make it for us? So I was selling hundreds of litres to them at the time, just shipping it across the border um, from, from Melbourne, Australia to Hong Kong. And then it hit Australia. And then I just had to focus on us. Yeah. So um, the other great thing is that the minute this happened, we were in essential service. And it was so, um, it made me feel like I was able to give my team that certainty. Because I think through all of this, one of the biggest 
um, challenges to our mental health was the uncertainty of what the virus meant, what it meant to our business, what it meant to our relationships, our families. And to be able to myself give my team certainty that they yeah. had a job because yeah. we were making something that was going to keep people safer um, meant so much to me. And I think oh. that that was, that was the first part of me being able to get on with it and be cope better in this situation yeah well good on you you worked out how to how you could be of best of service and you utilize the skills that you have I saw you do that and I was like well done well done <laughs> so it's very you, you and yeah. it's very inspiring so let's dive in what does resilience mean to you um it's a lot of things really I think for me it's um a, a thing is about probably tenacity and that grittiness. And, and I, I, I watched a TED talk years ago that really resonated with me. And they were doing a, a, a study on children and they were trying to figure out what made children resilient. Mm. And it wasn't about intelligence. It wasn't about the socioeconomic background. It wasn't about any of that. It was just plain determination and what we call grittiness. And I think mm. for me, it's that never give up attitude and yeah. um probably eternal but realistic optimism for me I, I'm, a, I'm an optimist in in a pragmatic way I'm not the world I don't believe the world is is roses and, and lavender but yeah. I believe that you can make the best out of every situation and no matter how bad it is you will find the good in it later it's absolutely true it's absolutely true mm. wow. how, how was lockdown for you uh initially it was a shock because I'm a very social person yeah and disconnecting with my friends um and 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 initially with my children for a little while um was really confronting uh I I'm very fortunate to have a beautiful partner and we um locked down obviously locked down together um for us we decided what what we couldn't change we wouldn't worry about what we could change we we would affect yeah. and for us it was let's eat really well let's exercise and let's make the most of every opportunity with our businesses and yeah. stay connected obviously as we all do by zoom so but it was, it was yeah. really tough and then I remember yeah. there was a weekend where again this was acquiring ethanol to make the sanitizer I couldn't find it because yeah. everybody was was getting it and and there was um, shipping problems and everything so yeah. I was um, very concerned about the business and everything but hard it was hard but, yeah. uh, but you get it's, it's a new normal you have to get used to it yeah. and I think your mindset not being oh you know you have to work in lean into it rather yeah. than give up I love and that I think that's lean how I cope yeah because yeah. sometimes well, often, usually what we fear is you know, the thought processes and anticipating the future and being fearful of it takes up so much energy and often most of that doesn't happen anyway. <laughs> so it's good. Exactly. To- and, and you know what I, I find, sorry, I find with, 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 these, with these times, it's the, the thoughts get us into a state. Yes. And, and when I, um, and I've had this situation with, with, with very close friends, they get themselves into a, into a state almost like a spiral. And I've done it too in the past. Yeah. And you, you've got to remember these are thoughts. Yeah. Thoughts can't kill you. Thoughts can't hurt you. Yeah. And if you can harness those thoughts um, and, and, and actually channel them, you'll come out the other side. Absolutely. It's easy. I know it's sometimes easier to say that, but if, if at the time you can channel and harness them. Well, I think that um, morning routines and even evening routines are, are a really great way of creating our state and, and being intentional yeah. about it. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I would go for a run in the morning yeah. um, and always try and make myself a beautiful breakfast, make yeah. sure I was eating well yeah. and, and, and have that routine and not, and, and not lie in bed and think, oh, well, I'll just watch Netflix till seven o'clock tonight. And, and that wasn't, I knew that wouldn't be helpful. So I, I, do, I was determined not to do that. Yeah, good on you. Mind well, you, I do love Netflix. <laughs> thank gosh for Netflix during this year. Oh, oh, thank God. I mean, that was that was definitely two hours of sanity every day, but it wasn't yeah, all day. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice yeah. to sort of do, do a few um, yeah. binges. Um, so whether it was Foxtel oh, binge yes. or Stan or Netflix, yeah. But, yeah, you can't yeah. do too much of it yeah, because, loved it. you know, lying down and just, yeah, it, you can create this fantasy world and then you lose track of your own world and you just need to kind of a balance is the key isn't it I would um I would love you to share a story of something you've been through Terry um that you've had to overcome in your life Uh, I'm, I'm sure look we've all got stories where we've had to rebound from really tough times um I think for me the thing that I could that that really stands out was um at the age of 12 I always felt a little bit of a misfit in my life as a, as a child. I just didn't know where I belonged. I was really, really close to my dad. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, I wasn't close to my mum. Mum had some severe mental health issues and I didn't understand that. Yeah. Anyway, I was 12 years of age and I was listening to them argue and my father was saying you need to tell her and my mother was saying no, I won't tell her and I was wondering what this was they were talking about and Within a few minutes, I discovered that they were trying. My father wanted my mother to tell me that I was adopted, and I and I remember thinking at the time, "Wow, okay, this is wow," you know. And it was it was a surprise, but I wasn't devastated. I wasn't shocked, and I needed to deal with that. And I walked into the room and I and I said to mum and dad, um, "It's okay, come clean." You know, I was twelve years of age. I said, "I know yeah. what you said. I'm adopted. Can you just be honest with me and yeah. let me know the details?" Um, Dad didn't like confrontation, so he kind of walked out of the room. And my mother um, just yelled out, "You're mine, you're mine!" And and I went into my room. She sat down on the bed and started crying. And I spent the rest of the night consoling my mother, um, trying to make her think it's okay. I'm still yours. And it was like an elephant in the room. And the next morning, uh, she said to Dad at breakfast, when she wakes up, she won't be my daughter anymore. So I spent my whole, um, I remember my mission from that moment on was to make them realise that I was still their daughter or else I felt like they were going to reject me or I'd be rejected again. So it was a bit of a, I felt like I was trying to overplease them and particularly Mum. And Mum had looked. I look back on it now and mum wasn't well and, and I think I, I was upset with her for many years but but I have to be more, be kinder to what she was going through. But there was a, a moment in my life where I was trying to belong and and it took me a long time to overcome that and realise that I was enough for myself and I didn't need to be um, wanted by somebody else to have validation. Wow. And... Yeah, and, and I, I think I stopped being a child from that moment and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have things happen to them as kids and they have to grow up really quickly. Yeah. But that was that was my signal to really grow up and to really get get, in, get into my life. Uh, I felt like when I looked behind me as, as an adoptee, 
and I don't know if other adoptees have this feeling, but sometimes you, you look behind you and there is mm. nothing there. Yeah. Um, well, there wasn't then. There is now. I've got to say there is now because I've still since found a wonderful family. Um, but I felt like I was just planted on this on this earth to move forward. Yeah. And I had to make a difference. Yeah. And I had this absolute overwhelming. It was like it was like a drive in me from the age of twelve to do something with my life. And I didn't know what that was. And in fact, I didn't even really find out what that was until I was in my 40s. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was that was a driving force. And so I think for me it was it was realizing that I was here for a purpose mm. and to get on with it. And to also, and I think I realized this a few years later, don't make what's happened to be me my story. It's part of my identity, but I'm not going to make it my whole life identity yeah and and I think we can often with things that have happened trauma abuse um we can we can make that our whole identity rather than making it a part of what we've been through and blame blaming my mother blaming my this blaming my that for for what's become of me that's not helpful either because the only thing that we can affect is thing is ourselves we we, we have the ability to change yes. we have the ability to be um fluid and elastic in our mind and our bodies and yes. bend like bamboo which is yes. what, what you do um, we have that ability so only we can do that and we can't rely on others and we can't blame others yeah. so I think for me resilience has been shifting not blaming getting on with life and having that that absolute tenacity and, and, and that sort of grittiness to move forward. It's empowering. When we take responsibility, it's empowering. And when we can see, I can imagine as a child, it sounds like you had to hold the space there for your mum and dad when you overheard that you were adopted and they were finding it hard to communicate that to you and their perception of how that would make you feel and all the things that would change. So I imagine that would have been hard and, and traumatic for you, for you to have to hold that space. But I can also see how it became a gift because you learned how to hold the space and therefore just get on with it. And that's where, where you probably felt like from that moment I, I I was not a child anymore, I became an adult. And that's a lot to take onto your shoulders, but that it makes so much sense now um, when I see what you've achieved and how you go about everyday life and your business and growth and everything that you do is all about you do have a firm belief in yourself. And that came perhaps from yeah. that experience. I think I had to. I had to yeah. believe in myself, yeah. um, and and I, I had to be, I had to be really self reliant from that moment onwards. Yeah. And I don't, I don't believe that we're an island. Human beings are social. We need others, and I, I love people. I'm, I'm an, I would describe myself as an extrovert, but we can't. We ha- we we can want others but we shouldn't need others to give us identity so so yeah that was it was it was a gift um and I also realized that it was hard for them too so you think about it I was born in 1963 okay so in the 60s the whole identity of a woman was to get married and have babies it's very different now thankfully really different now but my mother as unwell as she was um lost her identity she felt that was her identity to be able to have a child and she couldn't so it was a secret and and she thought that if the secret unraveled she wouldn't be perceived as being a whole person or a whole woman so there was that whole all that stuff I wasn't old enough I think at the age of 12 to get that and I think now in my 50s I so get 
what she would have been going through. Absolutely. And and I think having having developed compassion for her rather than anger, which I held, held for a long time, has really helped with my getting perspective on the situation and, and being okay with it and saying, that, okay, that was part of it, but just move on, Terry. You've got lots to do now. Do you know what else is really inspiring about you is, you know, you brought it up briefly just before and you've told me this um, when we've caught up together um, is, you know, you really found your calling and what you're doing now in your forties when, you know, you had, you had your kids and then you, you, you had to, um, you know, you, there was a time in your life where you had to create a business and you, you just did what you knew and you, you just went forward. <laughs> Tell me about yeah, what yeah, happened. I then. did. Well, I was, um, I was I was married quite young, um, and I met my my ex husband when I was only twenty two, so I was a baby, and I think I was in many ways grateful for him because I grew up with him. Um, but but our paths diverged greatly over the years, and I think relationships. I think I didn't know how to have a good relationship, and I think I also need to own that. I was yeah. I was really young, yeah. and and we started off there, and we went like that, and we didn't know how to come back like that. We just didn't, we hadn't figured it out. And um, I had to take the reins um, for the family and financially for a while. And um, I loved the science and I loved the beauty industry. And I started um, actually working for a a cosmeceutical company as their educator and doing some formulations for them. The family wasn't in dire financial straits at that point, but, but, Fairly soon on, that situation occurred and, and my ex-husband hadn't worked for a number of years, so I really, really needed to step up. Yeah. So I had $40,000 saved and this was in my late 30s, early 40s. Yeah, late 30s I had the money saved for over the years, doing various things, part-time work, um, emergency science teaching when the kids were babies. Yeah. And I remember going to him and saying, I'm going to start a skin clinic. And um, I'm going to start formulating products because I knew that I this was what I needed to do. And he, look, he didn't believe he didn't believe I could do it. He was a bit shocked, and he said, "With what money?" And I said, "Look, I've saved forty thousand dollars." And he said, um, "Okay, well, good luck with that." Um, there was a bit more of a conversation than ensued, but basically, I don't yeah. think he had full belief in in what I could do, and that's okay. Um, maybe you know, I, I did. I believe what I could do, but maybe many people wouldn't. Have, and I that gave me more determination because when someone says to you, yeah, yeah. "You can't do this," or yeah. "Good luck with that," it's like I'll show you. It's just so their stuff, I opened isn't this clinic it? in yeah. Melbourne. Yeah, it's their stuff. It's, it's, it's their stuff, stuff. And, you know, and that's, that's it's yeah. So we so um, he st- he stayed what doing what he was doing. I started doing what I was doing. Yeah. And look, I must admit there was hardly any clients in the first few months, and I thought, Terry, what have you done? You're crazy. <laughs> and all I could all I was doing was formulating products and waiting for customers. Mm-hmm. And I was I did the skin consults as well, and and it soon took off, and and the skincare became a cult following to the point where the recession hit or the GFC hit, people weren't having treatments, they weren't having hair removal, but they they couldn't not have my products. I love them. Yeah. And I realised, wow, I'm onto something here. Yeah. Um, what am I doing? I'm not, a, I'm not a beauty therapist. I'm not an injecting nurse doing Botox, but I, I can make skincare. Yeah. So I, I literally gave my database away to a beauty salon, found a, a, a premises in Burwood and set up my own laboratory and started making synergy and everything headed north from there on. Oh, yeah. And you went global and so, 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was it was organic. I've got to say it wasn't I wasn't um, you know banging on to get it global from day one, but it kind of grew because yeah. of people's belief in the product and 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 yeah. and my philosophy. I think people they don't only buy a product; they buy the what the what the brand what their brand's ethics and 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 that that's so important to me the yeah. the why yeah yeah that's what inspired me yeah. about you when I first um, laid eyes on you at the business chicks a convention and you were speaking and yeah. I just loved your story and your conviction and your belief in your brand and why you do what you do and yeah I think it's really important really important. I also think, you know, being a little bit of a nerdy schoolgirl and, and I did, I, I was, you know, schoolgirls, they, they're not nice to each other, particularly back in the 70s, and I was a victim of a little bit of teasing and bullying and the normal stuff, nothing nothing huge. But but I, I decided when I was um, 14 to, to have a bit of a self-improvement over Christmas situation where I got healthier I, you know, lost a little bit of puppy fat, came back to school in the in the February and people were so different to me and treating me differently. And and I'm thinking, that's so weird. I am the yeah. same person. I'm that same nerdy girl that you teased last last December, but I've just made a few little tweaks and and I thought, you know what, it's not even about the tweaks. It wasn't about how I looked. It was the shoulders were back, the confidence was up, I was owning it. And people were treating me differently because I felt better about myself. 100%. And I think when I make synergy products, I kind of want to do that for, for women and men, not only women, but men as well, yes. to say, this is a product. Yes, this can maybe m- remove a bit of pigmentation or reduce lines or make you look well dewy, but it's not that. Yeah. It's about what it's going to make you feel inside. That is right. And that is such a passion. And it, particularly when you're making beauty products, my twin sister also is in that game. And it's all about how, how people walk out smiling, feeling so much better about themselves. Yes, and I've never found another vitamin C um, and B and A, you know, creams that work like yours do. Because I have really oh, often you, bad um, pigmentation, but it just all vanishes when I'm using your stuff. It's your I know. Your skin's, skin's looking fabulous. Well, isn't it? Because I haven't seen stuff. it in so long because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> now you've just Thank got to you. be consistent, don't you? And I'm, I'm being much more oh, mindful oh. to make sure I wear a hat and, you know, proper sunscreen every day and. It's important as you get older. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I don't. I know it. I've got things coming back to haunt me now. You know, I used to sunbake when I was eighteen and didn't know what it was like. You know, this is we're talking yeah. way, way back in the in the in the early eighties, and these little spots are coming up now, and it's like, wow, where are they coming from? So, yeah, I'm yeah. so. Um, I said to my daughter, who's who's in her mid twenties, I said, you are so lucky yeah. um, that what you know what you know now, and to protect yeah. yourself because you'll yeah. be reaping the benefits when you're my age. Absolutely, and look at your skin is just immaculate so good oh thank you well I do practice what I preach it's like brushing my teeth skincare morning and night (laughs) yeah it's important and it's you got to be consistent Um, and I love this topic of self-esteem and confidence I could do a whole I could actually write a whole book about it or I could do an hour show on it. I just think it is so important how you feel about yourself you elevate your not only physically with your shoulders um you change how others feel around you um, mm. and, and it feels good. And so they want to feel good and people will automatically gravitate 
towards you like a magnet more opportunities present themselves because it's almost like you're elevating to a different frequency a different you're tapping into a different radio yep. station uh, and it changes your life and it starts with how you feel about yourself and that makes you kinder which means you're going to also be loving more loving towards others and it is about an energy and I'm I wouldn't say I'm a religious person but I'm definitely spiritual and I believe that things happen for a reason and I also think that this also ties in with resilience mm -hmm. and every time I've had a, a, a setback in my life whether it's been mega when I you know when I was 12 or or you know when I my, my marriage broke up or just minor setbacks everything happens for a reason yeah. and I, I truly believe that it, it's it's always going to make you stronger and there will be a time and a place for the right thing to happen and Absolutely. we just need to leave that off often up to up to whatever is out there, whether it's it's a God or whether it's a universe or whether it's energy, whatever that is to anybody, yeah. the time is always right. Yeah. And it's not always up to us. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got to learn to surrender and trust. And yeah. So yeah. Um, feeling good is a great way of doing that. And that's what I believe about flexibility is when we can be present in the moment, feeling good about ourselves, we let go of that survival program and, you know, the stressful output mm -hmm. of, you know, adrenaline and cortisol. And, um, and then we can come out of that and the body can say, oh, I don't need to prioritize keeping her alive. We can actually now prioritize growth and repair. And it is all about feeling good to yeah. do that. Yeah. So tell me, when, when things were difficult, before you turned the corner and, you know, after what you discussed of what you went through with realising you were adopted, when things were really difficult and perhaps in those moments where you felt like you've just transitioned from being, from being a child to having to be more of an adult, holding the space, what was that like for you when it was really hard? It was very dark and it was very lonely and I did feel like I... Um, and at the at the age of twelve, I I couldn't talk to anybody, and I think that that had a huge impact on me. I, I wish I had had the emotional maturity to reach out to a friend, yeah, and tell them. But I felt I was in a Catholic girls' school to be adopted. There were there was baggage associated with that. There was possibly gossip so I had to keep my mouth shut and get on with the thought processes in my own head and figure it out myself but it was pretty dark yeah. uh, and I remember I remember holding a secret for quite a while until I told one of my best friends and then it felt like I lifted yeah. such a burden off my shoulders I remember telling her and she was fine I don't know why I was so worried but yeah. she was but it's, yeah initially it was hard really hard yeah. And then so what was the turning point for you? Was it gradual or was there a moment where you just realised, like, what? how did you turn that around for yourself? There, I think the point where I said I've just got to get on, I'm here now, I've got to move forward, I remember that was a feeling I had and it was very, very sudden. Yeah. It was almost like an epiphany. Um, and I was really young when I had that moment but it's always been in me and, and I've always had this there is something here for you, Terry. There is something. And it's not, I'm not talking about fame and fortune. It is making my mark on this world. And an adoptee doesn't feel like they've made a mark on the world yeah, because yeah. It, it's um, having family, people, and I do hope people don't take it for granted because it's so precious yeah. that I have my own beautiful kids now and I've still since found my, my family. Yeah. But when you when you you find out you're, I was an only child, I had parents that had essentially lied to me about being adopted yeah. and had no one to talk to. 
So I felt so isolated yeah. and and all I wanted was people to talk to and family and that is just to be connected um, is so important and, and I can't stress that enough. It doesn't necessarily, yeah, yeah, mm. and I, I wish I had have learnt the skills to connect when I first found that out but but now I, I do and, and it's, um, and, I, and I actually vent a lot more than than others probably, but I think that's one of my ways of coping. If something's really bad, I I find a, a friend and, and I'll tell them, and yeah. and more often than not, they'll be a wonderful ear. Wow, yeah, that's a really important message to communicate. Reach out, don't hold it in. Yeah, there there will be a yeah. way to connect. You will be accepted. Don't assume, you know. Don't assume. It's really- yeah, but but the other thing is, don't drag them into a hole with you. I think if yes. you're feeling like you're in a bad place, yeah. um, you, we we need to understand that yes, they're feelings and why, and to kind of figure out why we're feeling the way we are. We are. But if we can just vent and say, oh, I'm feeling really crappy today because of X, Y, and Z. So if I'm a bit short with you, please understand. And then they may say why and you can explain to them, but it's not about pulling them into this abyss because nobody likes to be dragged into negativity either. So we need to be mindful of of the other person as well. There's an absolutely exact, there's a way of holding your own space and and still being able to communicate how you're feeling. You're hundred percent right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, you've already sort of really touched on this, but I wanted to ask you next how your life is better now, having gone through what you've gone through. And obviously it's turned you into a doer, an entrepreneur and a very successful lady. Um, But what else? I just feel that I have perspective. Yeah. Um, I think for me, one of the greatest gifts is doing it tough makes you drink the success all the more. And I had this conversation with my son the other day and we were talking about success. And success has many forms. It's in, And I certainly don't equate success with financial success. I, I equate success with having choices in life, okay? Yeah. So to, to be to be in, the, in an opportunity where you have lots of choices, you have to have had adversity. Yeah. And at the time you may may think it's you're in the, the absolute abyss, but that abyss, you need the contrast to realize what elation is. And and I think um, we need as as mums and as friends and as partners, mm. we shouldn't wrap our children, I'll particularly talk about my children, we shouldn't wrap our children up in cotton wool and tell them the, that they're amazing at everything. Be honest mm, with them, you know, yeah. um, that they they need to have reality checks. Yeah. And I, I'm probably, this is, I'm probably going to get a few negative comments here, but I remember when when my son was doing his final year at, 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 at school um, and he did he did particular um, painting for his art and, and he said, what do you think? And and most mothers, I suppose, might say, oh, it's wonderful. And I said, well, I just don't think it's balanced, darling. I said, it's, it's great. I love the colours here and I love all these things about it, um, but I think that this is out of balance. And James, he said, oh, Mum, I disagree with you. It's fine. I put a lot of work in. I said, I love it. I said, but if you want my opinion, I think this thing should be brighter. I remember saying something about it. Anyway, right. I thought, yeah. whatever. Then anyway, the next week he'd fixed it or redone it to how how I mentioned it. Anyway, he said, Mum, I think you're right. And he said, I need to be more open to criticism. And I think that that's, that's awesome. something that I, I'm really proud that I've, I've taught him to not be offended with criticism and one of the big things I find is is perspective in in owning your stuff. And I think for me, I've really learned 
I've learned much better relationships with my with my partner, with my kids. Yeah. And I also really have to own my mistakes because yeah. all that negativity makes you so much better in the, in, the, in the future and the positive stuff. And it just feels more empowering, doesn't it, when you're able to own your stuff and, you know, to, 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 it's all about taking responsibility. It's just so important to do that. And it's okay to not be okay with how someone else has treated you or, but if you can just own your stuff as well as acknowledging what, you know, you haven't liked externally, you know, it creates balance and compassion and that's when we can forgive and release. Yeah, and and I think that's the, the for me to forgive, you know, forgiving my mum, and I absolutely can now. Yeah. And and when a marriage breaks up, you can harbour a lot of anger and resentment towards your ex partner for various reasons. And I think um, once you can start to say that, look at the gifts in it, look at what it's done. It's made. I mean, my marriage breakup has made me a much more resilient woman. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, my business is stronger than ever because I had to help my team survive. I, I, my team was threatened when I when my marriage broke up with yeah. financial issues, and I thought I am not going to no longer be paying this group of wonderful people whose livelihoods depend on this business. Yeah. It made me so determined to to be even more successful. So good. How, how can I not be grateful for that? Yeah, you know? absolutely agree. Anyway. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So rounding off, do you have um, a couple of tips that you want to share with everybody of what helps you to be resilient? Oh, I think there's a few things. I think for me um, it's it's about firstly tenacity and, and having that I'm not giving up. Yeah. And then you, you when, when you are faced with a challenge, um, I think the, the negative person would say, oh, this is a problem. Oh, what am I going to do? And they'll, they'll just give up. Yeah. Whereas a resilient person would say, um, this is a solution that hasn't been born yet. Mm-hmm. And that's, I always have said, uh, a problem is a solution that's about to happen. I love so, that. So just, just say, uh, yeah. And so I think they're the two main things. I think, you know, having that, having that grittiness yeah. and looking at a problem in a different perspective. Beautiful. I love that. Um, There is actually a book called Grit, by the way. I've forgotten the author's name, but, um, and I haven't read it yet. I do have it in my pile of books that I haven't read yet. Um, And we all have that within us. It's sometimes not cracked open yet until there's a life event or a change we have to go through that helps us to discover what we're made of. And that's why I'm so passionate about mastering change is because if you can make it easier to get through the change you can open up parts of you that are ready to be awakened and that's when you realize what you can really do well I'm happier at 57 I have to say I'm happier than I've been ever in my whole life yes um and it's and and I just feel like I am just in a really good place my my friends are my kids are yeah. my, my synergy family is yeah. I've got a wonderful relationship Great. um and we, you know it's all got its challenges it's not you know it's not always perfect but I tell you what I think I've I've kind of I wish I had the emotional maturity I have now mm. in my 20s and 30s because I would have smashed it back then but yeah. anyway well I think hey? you did smash it anyway <laughs> I think you absolutely have smashed it <laughs> Now, you've written a book oh, thank you. called Skin Formation. Yes. 
I love it. Yes. And it's so um, important. Yeah. It's a really important book uh, where you expose misinformation and confusion surrounding many cosmos, um, cosmetic ingredients and you debunk current skin mythology. This is so important. This is why I love what you do. You really do care about what goes into the ingredients. Tell me all about why oh, you yes. skin formation. Well, I believe there's a lot of white noise out there and there's a lot of stuff, particularly online. Yeah. And I don't believe consumers were given credit for their incredible intelligence. And they are able to cut through the hype, but they can't do it without the right information. Yeah. So um, as a scientist and as a woman, and primarily my readers are women, but they're also men, I wanted to cut through all that white noise and that hype and give them just the facts and if people have knowledge, that gives them the power to make better, more informed decisions. And the book is about clean science. It's about choosing ingredients that will work for you. Yep. It's about going to the supermarket, picking up a product and deciphering the label yourself yep. and not um, being told by somebody in a beautiful white coat in a department store what they need. Yeah, I want, I want the consumers to be empowered. Um, and it's also, again, it's about confidence because if at the end of the book you make one small change that makes you hold your shoulders back further, then I've done my job. Yeah. I love it. Well, I'm going to put um, in the show notes all the links back to all the wonderful things that you do, synergyskin.com to check out your products Um, and um, terryvinson.com, which is your personal website, isn't it? Can you buy the book from there? Uh, yes, you can buy the book from there, Amanda, but you can also right. go on to Booktopia yep. um, and also uh, Amazon. So it's so available and um, Leaf Bookstore in Ashburton also has it. So there's a lot of local retailers, Dimex. So it's all around. A very exciting Awesome. Time. And if anyone out there yeah. wants to try um, Terry's beautiful um, skin um, care range, um, your team have arranged a coupon code resilience to get 10% off. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much for your time today, Terry. Um, that was such a beautiful Thanks, Amanda. conversation. You've you've been through so much and, and yet you're so positive and you, you know, you, you feel, I, I just feel elevated in your presence, in your company. And, you know, you're someone that um, many people um, automatically want to help and, and, and it's like a magnet. It feels like it's a magnet and, you know, you, you, you're so beautiful inside and out and I'm so glad that I met you. Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm so glad I met you and let's stay in touch. I know COVID's made us a bit distant over the months. but Something um, to look forward you know, to. I'm just, to forward. And, I, and I love what you're doing too. It's just so important. You know, we just need to elevate everybody in whatever way we can. You are amazing doing it through through your means and I've got my means too, but let's just make everybody the best version yeah. of themselves they can. Power of collaboration. Right. I agree. Absolutely. All right. Well, everybody, no matter what you are going through, you can overcome it and discover what you are made of. I'll see you guys next week. See you, Terry. Bye, Amanda. Thank you.